to the Freedom Nation podcast with Jeff Kickle. On this show, Jeff shares his expertise in financial and retirement planning from a different perspective. Planning for your Freedom Day, which is the first day that you wake up and have enough income or assets and do not have to go to work that day. Learn how to calculate what you need, how to generate income sources, and listen to interviews from others who've done it themselves. Get ready to experience your own Freedom Day. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Freedom Nation podcast. And it's another of our interviews with people that have found the freedom, our freedom stories. And today we're going to be interviewing Heather Parody. Uh, Heather's down in Augusta, Georgia. Um, so uh, the land of golf and, uh, and my former area were in, when I was in the military, hanging out down there. So we were, uh, we were sharing some stories about that. Uh, Heather, welcome to the show today. Jeff, it's an honor to be here. Thanks for having me. We're so glad to have you on. I'm really looking forward to uh, sharing your story that you shared with me uh, pre pre to the show. So why don't we start off? What's your story? How'd you get to where you're at today? Yeah, well, I feel like everybody's still writing their story. The season I'm in right now, I'm about uh, five years into doing, quote, quote, doing my own thing, <laughs> um, which is just as thrilling and awesome and also terrifying as it sounds. Um, about five years ago, I was in graduate school studying mental health therapy. I, I love psychology and helping people and knew I wanted to be a therapist. Um, while in grad school, my husband was at uh, basic training mm -hmm. and I had a little one. So I'm going through grad school, I have the family life. I was a non-traditional student in the sense of, you know, already, having a family a and family, having responsibilities yeah. and needing to come home and change a little baby booty and cook mm. dinner and study all at the same time. Um, so I started a, I started a side business uh, doing photography and just kind of get through school, make a little bit of extra income. And I, I grew it and I really enjoyed um, making my own money and making my own schedule. And I found out I was pretty good at the marketing side of getting clients and figuring oh. out how to uh, get in front of more people. So much to a point that, you know, at, at one point I'm making a significant amount of income doing this kind of on the side, making my own schedule where I started looking at what I was doing in school. And trust me, I'm not against school at all, but kind of <laughs> questioning like, why am I, what am I pursuing here? Mm -hmm. Um, so much to a point where I remember I was also starting to build a social media following and doing, you know, that was my primary way of marketing. I remember going into the classroom and one of my friends saying, why are you even here? Why are you not out in the world building your business? And uh, they saw it. I didn't see it because there was a lot of insecurity around that of, sure. you know, it takes courage to kind of venture off and, well, and start I mean, your own The other thing. part of it too is, well, you've got to go to school to be successful. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. The problem with most of the, the digital world and a lot of the things you're doing, there, there just isn't a model in school that you can go do. You know, there's not a college model for it. A hundred percent. Exactly. <laughs> and so fast forward to graduation, got my license, went on a couple of job interviews, cried in them because I didn't want to do them, which is kind of weird. And then I got those jobs. Can you believe that, Jeff? And then guess what I did? I <laughs> cried some more because I did not want to take those jobs. And it wasn't until my dear, wonderful husband pointed out to me, Heather Parody, do you know most people don't cry when they get job offers? Yeah. <laughs> you should pay attention to that. So as I turned those down reluctantly, I went from working really hard to get these jobs, 
getting them and then turning them down. And so here mm. I am with a laptop computer, still a little baby on my hip and trying to figure out, hey, I need to figure out how to make some money and go ahead mm. and, and build something. So uh, long story short, I you know pivoted and turned quite a bit in the online space and pivoted from service-based business models, online freelance work, to consulting, to masterminds, to courses, to memberships. I mean, I've tried it all, Jeff, mm -hmm. and I've settled into something recently. I'm sure we can get into a little bit later, yeah. but I think it's just been a really hard journey, but mm -hmm. also to one that was way, I know this sounds weird, it's kind of an oxymoron, hard and also very easy all at the same time. Yeah. It's been a lot easier getting offers out there and kind of figuring out how to build something that's quote, quote, free, mm -hmm. right? Or if as long as there's an internet connection, I can work from anywhere. But it's also been a lot harder in the sense of there's no map, mm -hmm. right? And so the security of when you go to a job, you have somebody who hands you something every single day to do and there's benchmarks and so forth. And I became a map maker when I decided mm -hmm. to do my own stuff, which is oh, yeah. again, free. But also, too, there's a lot of responsibility and a little bit stressful. Yeah. <laughs> I, I always tell you that's the hardest. You know, we we talk about yeah. in in the Freedom Day method. We we talk about four four ways to create a you know what I call a freedom engine. You know, and mm -hmm. you can start your own business. You can buy into a business. You can yep. buy real estate, or you can do some other you know financial strategies. And certainly, I think out of all all. Yeah, all four of those, the number one is the most rewarding, but it's also the most challenging. You know? Yeah, totally. And also, you know, I've learned over the past few years, the, the distinction between content creation and some of the stuff that I really love and I'm passionate about and also to mm -hmm. like in income producing activities. Sure. And it hurts my feelings, right? That a lot more of my creative fun stuff that I enjoy doing because I've been hosting shows ever since that day. I think I've mm -hmm. put in almost a thousand episodes now. Nice. Um, I, I love it. I love it. Mm -hmm. um, but also too, it's a, the business side is almost like a means to an end. So I can't have time to create. Um, and I think that's a big misconception in the online space. We see content creators and people putting out podcasts and obviously there's an exception. Sometimes people come out of the gate and just start making tons of money off their shows or their TikToks or whatever. But the reality is, you know, content creation doesn't necessarily equal like business revenue. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, adamant on content creation. Obviously I put out a ton. Yeah. However, that's been another huge lesson over the past few years is to really, you know, make a conscious choice why I'm creating because sometimes mm -hmm. that leads to business, but sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Well, and I think too, you know, you, you also have to be yeah, what, what most content creators and creative people aren't real good at, which is you got to understand the analytics behind it. I mean, the, the yeah. good and the bad of, of anything on the internet is, there's always going to be analytics and you've really got to, you've got to, you know, look at your analytics and see what's resonating with your audience and what isn't. hundred percent. Sometimes that that's not a real happy thing when you go, man, I created this really cool thing and my yep. mom and three other people clicked on this thing and, you know, nobody right. else really cared. And then the most off the wall, idiotic thing that I've done, you know, gets 20,000 people that click yep. on it. I, I just, yep. I, sometimes I don't get it. Um, but I mean, the reality of this is this is a business. I treat it. I treat everything I do as a business. And, and, you know, it right. sounds like you're, you're kind of really doing the same. Yeah. And to realizing that views and clicks and likes and all that doesn't necessarily 
lead to yeah. what you think it's going to lead to. I mean, I've had videos, I'm sure you have too, like just go viral. I mean, oh, yeah. I had one, one video hit almost 10 million. It did hit over 10 million <laughs> views on Facebook, which was wild. Yeah. And besides a cool mention and a publication that didn't necessarily make me a millionaire or, no. or make me famous or anything like that. And so I think we're running after a lot of crazy metrics when we think, oh, mm -hmm. we're building businesses online without really realizing what it actually takes to move the needle. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, and it's all, it's also having that long game. You know, I, I was 100%. having a conversation with a friend of mine who's, who's finishing up a book and, you know, I mean, he, he's, you know, looking at, well, okay, how can I do this the least expensive way? And I recommend a friend of mine. And I was like, you know what, if you want this to be successful, you need to hire Mike to just do it for you, you know, and it's going to cost you about 12 grand. But if you, if you truly want this to be successful and get it done, you know, you can't piecemeal yeah. this by yourself. You can't do it as fast as he can do it. Yeah. And yeah. you know, you just got, and, and yeah. it's going to be built to generate a, an income. It's, yeah. it's going to be built to where it is generating revenue and, and you'll have a positive funnel that all you have to do is feed money in the front side and, and it prints money on the backside. hundred percent. But I, I think a lot of people don't really realize that, you know, they think, oh, well, I'm going to be a, you know, a YouTube star. Okay. Well, yeah, but most of the people that are really successful with that have a inside yeah. that it leads to, you know, whether it's masterminds like you were talking about or whatever. You know, what's really interesting, Jeff, and I'm curious, you're, your um, opinion on this. I was talking to a friend the other day. We both um, have been running online businesses, putting out content for years, et cetera, et cetera. And we were both talking about what kind of drew us to this space originally, which mm -hmm. is to your point, this idea of freedom. So yep. people always lead with the financial freedom, which is awesome, mm -hmm. but also to the, the time freedom um, yep. is huge. And he made a really good point. And I haven't I just want to hear your thoughts on it. He said, I wonder if since so many jobs are going remote now, mm -hmm. um, since the pandemic, if this be your own boss uh, narrative is this going is going to be as appealing to people because working remotely with jobs almost almost gives you that same kind of freedom because you're at home and you can take your laptop with you. And so it's, I think it's really going to weed out a lot of people who, quote, love business because they love business and want to be entrepreneurs mm -hmm. versus people who just want to be at home in their jammy jams. What yeah. do you think, Jeff? I totally agree. I, I think there's, you know, I mean, if you it, I, I'm a big fan of the four hour work week. Oh, know, yeah. I, I've, I, I, I've probably read that book on average. I, I read it at least once a year uh, because oh, I, wow. I use it as a, I use it as a filter for my businesses to say, okay, am I, am I doing all those things again that I got rid of last year? Um, you know, and I think Tim, when he wrote that book originally in 2009, you know, a remote work arrangement was not, uh, that just was, that was the, the exception, yeah. not the rule. Now you're the opposite direction, but I think the, the real challenge is going to be a lot of these companies and you're already seeing it with like Apple. Okay. You're coming back to the office, you know, and a lot of mm -hmm. these people thought, oh man, I'm going to get to work from home forever. And I, I personally think there's a lot of wasted time going into an office. Um, yeah. I go into my office every day, but I know I'm working it, literally yeah. for eight hours a day. I will work you know, yeah. myself to death because I don't want to have to go home and work at home. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of people are not near that productive. And 100%. so, you know, they, they, they sat there and maybe worked for a solid three or four hours and then surf 
Facebook for the rest of their eight hours. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, they were able to go home, work three or four hours and then watch Netflix the rest of the day. And, you know, now they're going to be forced to go back to the office. And I know right now, you know, it's, it's kind of still skewed in the, the workers side that, you know, well, I can just go get a job somewhere else and somebody else will hire me. Yeah. Until there's no more jobs. Yeah. I'm, I'm really glad you brought up that point. I think these are things that people really need to consider when they're thinking about venturing off and doing their own thing is, is that discipline piece. Yeah. Like, I think one of the biggest misconceptions people have is like, oh, Heather, she could, like, I'm upstairs in my home office right now. Mm-hmm. And I've, I, I work completely out of this and I love it. And I'm so grateful for it. But they think, oh, Heather works for herself. She can be available. I'll, I'll call her at 1030 in the morning and she'll pick up the phone. Mm-hmm. Oh, she can go do this. Oh, she can do that. Hell no, I can't. No, you know, I work more now than I probably would if I was working a regular job. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm not at that freedom day that you talk about just yet. Yeah. I'm not there. I'm working my ass off to get there. But that's taking me needing to just really put in the work and the hours. And I'm talking about discipline, Jeff. Now, granted, mm. I love it. Yeah. But just because you work for yourself or work for home, don't be missing you know, don't be thinking that this means that you're just like, well, and that's where I, whatever. See, you know, I, 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 I watched it for years. Cause I, I also own co-working space and mm-hmm. I, you know, of course the, a large part of our, our clientele are startups and small businesses and things like that. And I, I could, I, I literally could watch somebody and their actions and tell if it, if their business was going to last past 18 months, Preach, because you would watch, you watch what they do. You know, okay, so for me, I'm up at six o'clock in the morning most mm-hmm. days. I typically work for about an hour, hour and a half at home. Um, I'm organizing my day. I get into the office by 7.30 and I'm I'm hustling, you know, and, and really I get most of my work done between about 7.30 and maybe 11 o'clock in the day yeah. uh, where I'm just hustling, banging it out and getting done. And, and I've got my list of these are my five things that have to get done yep. before noon. Yep. And then I'm watching these people, eh, 9, 9.30, they come wheeling in, go talk to a few people around the office for a little bit, maybe get a little bit of work done. You know, my kids get off at 3.30, so I probably need to be out of here by about 1.30, even though I only live like two and a half minutes from the office. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, in yeah. the summertime, We've yeah. really got to, we've really got to part, you know, pare this down quite a bit yeah. and, you know, I've got to be home with my kids and, you know, so I really maybe come into the office two or three times a week and, you know, then 18 months later, they're like, oh my God, I'm not making any money. I've got to go get a job. Yep. Well, you probably real. kept your job. <laughs> <laughs> you, if, you, if you weren't willing to sign up, I mean, my first four years of business, I mean, I was 75, 80 hours a week. Yeah. You know, seven Real days talk. a week. Yeah. Don't even and, mention and I, your podcast that you have and the content that you're putting out and writing books and all yeah, of that stuff. That, that That's why work. you have to love and be convicted about what you're doing Absolutely. because you're not you know, going to make it. I was, I was interviewing my friend, Matthew Pollard this morning and, you know, Matthew put it absolutely perfectly. You've got it before you even think about doing something like this, you better be really sure that you love what you do. Because it is going to be the hardest job. And I mean, I know you went through it. I mean, how long, how long has it been since you started? Five years. Five years. Okay. So you, you're a survivor. Um, yes. But Scrapes I mean, and bruises and blood, Jeff. Remember, uh, remember right around 18 months, yeah. how, how bad it sucked. You Word. know, it Word. was, <laughs> I mean, it's just horrid. I mean, I, I remember 
literally going home one night about 18 months into our first business. Um, you know, I had launched two businesses at the exact same time, which by all means, don't ever do this, by the way. Wow. Uh, stupidest idea ever. But a, um, you know, I launched a co-working space and I launched a wealth management practice. And I kind of had to do it that way because yeah. I was uh, I was moving from working for a, a group that was not going to let me do this, you know, was not going to let me do my little entrepreneurial dream. So I had to do it, you know, and I mean, 18 months in, I think I was making less than $2,000 a month and my bills were about $5,000 a month yep. uh, pared down. And I mean, that, that dog don't hunt too long. Yep. Um, yep. And I mean, looking at my wife and her looking at me and, you know, we just literally looked at each other and we're like, we're going to have to shut down this co-working space. I mean, there's, there's no other alternative. Yep. And I mean, it was that moment that I looked at her and I was like, but I owe it to these people. I can't do it. And, and we're just going to yeah. have to figure it out, you know, and we did, and we you survived, did. but if I didn't love what I was doing and if I didn't love the people that I work yep. with yep. And, and were my client, you know, I did just given up, continued the, the wealth management practice, probably been a hell of a lot happier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I want to highlight too, that it's not that you always like it, all the time, oh, yeah. you know, we're talking about loving it. And I know, I know, you know, this Jeff, but just for anybody listening, who's like, it, it's just like a real life relationship, your relationship with, with your work. I adore my husband. I love him. He's the greatest human I've ever met. But seriously, sometimes like we are just at each other's throats. Right. Yep. And so it's a relationship with your work. Now, if somebody's come up and said, Hey, are you ever going to leave Brian? I'd be like, hell no. Are you joking? Mm. No. And so it's something yep. to be like, Oh, are you going to quit this? I'm like, what? What are you talking about? No, we're yeah. just fighting. You know? I just and don't you, do that. Yeah. You, you fight now, with I your would, work I had sometimes. Some weak, yeah. I had some weak moments right around, let's say months 18 to, to 36 that if sure. you come and offer me a, a dollar for the business, I'd have sold it to you in a minute <laughs> and gotten out and laughed my way yeah. out the door. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it, it's what it is. You know, it's what it's, it's really what it is. So um, and we're really so, selling this, do your own business stuff, aren't we? Well, you know what, but everybody, it's gotta, real, you know, and, and, but the other part, the side of it, and, you know, I, I joke around about getting your freedom, but, you know, I think there's, I, I identified three freedoms. So mm -hmm. there is freedom of time. So, yeah. you know, you can get your time yeah. back, which, I mean, you really had to do that. If you were going to, you know, if you were going to be able to take care of kid and everything else, you kind of had to free your time up. Yep. Um, there's financial freedom, you know, and, yep. and I didn't experience that until this year, quite frankly, yep. after six years in business. I mean, I started selling businesses and actually getting that money that I could take, you know, and, yep. and making enough to live well, but yep. you know, now, yep. okay, this is real money that I can right. live with, without working another day in my life. So I get to do right. what I do because I love it. Um, and then there's what I call freedom of action. And it's, mm. that's, the, that's the tricky one because what it's what some people would call a bucket list. Uh, mm. but I call it, I call it possibilities or actions, which is mm. making yourself do the things that you don't think you can do. You know, oh, that's great. I, I laugh, you know, I'll, and you see it at the time I'm sure on, you know, you see these guys on, on YouTube and all that, that have got the, the Lamborghinis and everything else. I don't want a Lamborghini. I've got right. a Camaro. I'm totally happy right. with that. But yeah. I don't want a Lamborghini. But you know what I want to do? I want to go drive a Lamborghini around the F1 track that's right in my town here. Yeah. You know? yeah. That's 400 bucks. So yeah. it, it's an attainable yeah. thing that I can create a product or a business 
to do. And yeah. I get to live that experience once or maybe twice or however many times I want to do it. But it's a, it's a, it's a check at the box off thing. I don't mm. want to drive a Lamborghini, the, the mm -hmm. Austin or crap. I mean, that thing would be just screwed up in 10 minutes, mm -hmm. but I can go ride around an F1 track and I'd be having a lot more fun doing that. So <laughs> it, it's making people, uh, that's what I try and do is get people to, to start to make that list of those things that are experiences. And then when you start to think about, yeah. okay, this is my, now it's my business and yeah, it sucks right now, but you know what? If I, if I can sell the product that I'm launching and mm -hmm. let's say that generates another $400 a month, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, find all my $400 goals that I have and then just yeah. schedule one of those each month for 12 months. Yep. Boom. You Boom. Know? And, and it's much easier and I don't even have to quit my job. I mean, if I actually liked what I did, I don't have to quit my job. I can still continue doing my job, do my little side wiggle that's generating some money enough to, to where I don't have to worry about my, my, you know, okay, all this weight on my shoulders that I have to work a job forever and doing this. Right. And then I can do my little fun things on the side and, and right. live those little mini fun segments in my life. And that's where the real life is, right? It is. Yes, it, it is. is. It is. So what's uh, what's new in your world now? Oh goodness. So um, I, I've been, like I said, I've been hosting shows since I, I started. Um, mm -hmm. Last year we started another show um, on NFTs <laughs> in Web three, which was pretty wild. I um, I totally do not get it at all. So that's okay. You're, you're, that's I'm okay. Gonna, I'm gonna have to listen to your stuff to to understand it. That's okay. That's okay. We we started a show back in August and um, it took off. And okay. I've, I've been working with you know with content for forever, and. I look up one day in this little show that we kind of started on the side just to explore what web three was and so mm -hmm. forth. It was, it was getting pretty serious. And so I took a, um, just deep, deep dive over this past year of, of learning that and I'm getting more intentional with, with kind of the tech side and, and some shifts okay. that are happening, which Jeff is very, very, very left field of okay. everything that I'm interested in <laughs> ever thought. If, if you would have told me a year ago, I'd ever be saying the word blockchain to you and be serious <laughs> about it. I probably would have like thrown up because like that does not sound like a good time. Um, however, I just found like this really interesting little, little niche in, in that world. World. And so mm -hmm. we put out 99 episodes, we had a million downloads. It was wild. Wow. Uh, my co-host decided, um, you know, we, we were kind of talking about entrepreneurship here. It was mm -hmm. a very eye-opening experience for me working with somebody who was a true entrepreneur yeah. versus me who discovered I'm a creative mm -hmm. and who's entrepreneurial. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a lot of creatives who have that entrepreneurial bent because entrepreneurship, doing your own thing gives you, like I said earlier, freedom to create stuff mm -hmm. um, versus somebody who doesn't care about creation at all, doesn't want to put out podcasts, doesn't care about content, doesn't care about self-expression. They're thinking about money, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. um, so that was a really, it was my first partnership. And then we actually, right. a business birth from that. And it was really interesting to experience that side of things because i had just i've done everything on, on my own um so 
May, May of this year that came to a close. And um, I've just been starting off this new venture of working with uh, communities. It started off specifically with Web3 and now we've okay. kind of expanded into just digital marketing in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of the things, you know, there's a lot there I know I just said, but I think to bring it home, um, one of the things I was learning about Web3, which you can just think of it as the next iteration of the internet, okay. is this emphasis on community community online okay. um every interview every interview jeff someone so, said in it uh web3 is all about community yeah which i thought was interesting because i'm like okay that makes no sense so we're getting more digital but it's getting more human this doesn't make sense <laughs> at all yeah the, the thing that makes me laugh though is when you think of web one what was it it was mostly these little communities of of people you know reading these, these chat rooms and things like that that was yep. It's kind of making it full circle back to to what it started as. Wild, yeah, and, and I'm I'm glad you you brought that up. You you said it perfectly. It's it's coming back to where it all started, and I would argue it's coming back to where we as humans like have have evolved from. Like we've always needed community. We've always yeah. needed human connection, and it's interesting. Um, you know, I don't want to get too technical with all the changes, and I think people sit there like, oh my god look at the way technology is ruining our humanity. I would argue that it's forcing us to get back to humanity because yep. people are starting to get really over perfect curation. They're sick of influencers. They, I put out a poll the other day and it was, do you crave in real life community or digital community connection? Mm. And it was about 80 to 90% people said in real life community. Interesting. Yeah. And since we're, um, you know, talking about working online, I think since it is becoming the norm that work involves a computer screen, people are really wanting to unplug and disengage and yeah. even people my age and younger, honestly, yeah. Jeff. So it's it's a really interesting time. And that's where I've been at for the past few months, uh, working with some different brands, uh, working on community building tactics for their marketing um, which essentially just to me means how do we make marketing and connection more genuine and sincere and le- less sleazy. Mm-hmm. Um, certain marketing tools have worked for the past few years and they're not so much anymore. Used to, you could just post something online and get attention. Mm-hmm. Now that doesn't work. Now people want to see faces. They want to hear voices. They want to see you chill and hear about your failures. Um they're demanding more humanity in their experience with content creators and businesses online. So that's what I'm up to right now. I'm um, trying to promote that, that in the world. Cool, that is yeah. a cool, you know, business to be in, you know, cause I, I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I think, and don't you think some of that came out of the pandemic too? A hundred percent. People, you know, people being yes. on a zoom yes. call constantly, you know, it's like, okay, I, I need humans. Yep. <laughs> I need to be around humans. A hundred percent. But you know it's interesting too. But then you then you see the younger generation and they live their life like this. I mean, they well, that's what be- they were taught, you know. Yeah. And I I really am an advocate for the quote younger generation because yeah. we you know we it's not me. Um, I'm I'm in my late thirties now, so I'm I'm what they call a um, geriatric millennial, <laughs> which is funny. Um, the older of the millennials, but I will say we were never, you know, I'll say for millennials, we were never taught how to deal with being a human being online. Yeah. 
and fairly so because our parents never had to experience it. We, mm. my generation, is the first generation to try to figure out my identity as a human being mm-hmm. in this. Yeah, and we've been messy with it. We've failed. We've fumbled, and now this next generation, Gen Z, who's underneath us, mm-hmm. right? They're the first ones who were born into it. Yeah. When I was 13, 14 years old, I didn't have a cell phone. Yeah. I I didn't have the internet until I was later in my teens. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I, as an adult, had to figure this stuff out. Think about what it's like to be born. And the first thing you see is this because they're taking pictures of you coming out of your mom's Mm -hmm. body. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's a it's a wild thing to think about. And I'm definitely not advocating for cell phone addiction or what's going on. I think, again, back to the human connection piece, we from an evolutionary standpoint have to figure out how to kind of overcompensate a little bit for what's happening right now Absolutely. with how much, you know, the world is digital. But for young people, like, they were born into this and we as adults have to as adults they're adults too we as the older <laughs> folks have to figure out how to not reverse what's happened but introduce more humanity and human tactics into the digital world because that's what they're living in whether we like it or not uh, well okay well so let's come to a little reality check here i predate personal computers <laughs> so uh yeah i I didn't see my first personal computer until I was like 10 years old. So hey, that's cool, man. That's that's cool. <laughs> I mean, that's cool. I, I think that's a cool thing to be able to experience. I can't imagine like that's a that's something to hold on to. Well, that's I mean, cool. it's, it's funny when I started in the financial industry, you know, which is now 28 years this, this year, I think 28 years in September here. Um, you know, the funny thing about it was I remember um, actually 30 years in, in September here. And I'm, I'm, uh, I remember the company I work for, we were on AOL. So America yeah. online when it was still dial up. Oh yeah. That little yellow man I, running. I still remember the website of the company that I worked at. And I mean, it was the cheesiest, crappiest website ever. I still, it's etched in my brain from yeah. all those years and it did virtually nothing. Uh, there's no, you know, getting your account information, anything like that. It was literally, it was just a gigantic thing to get quotes on. And that was it. But, you know, I mean, how the world's changed, but in such a short period of time, you know, yeah. we gone from, I, I remember my first job in the business, we had a Quotron, you know, and you had this crappy piece of, you know, IBM equipment that you spun around to punch in a quote or whatever to, you know, today I've got more power on this thing than, than you know, that probably $30,000 piece of equipment yep. that was sitting on my desk, you know, back then. So we we've come a long way in a short period of time. And I think, yeah, you've got generation people that, you know, I mean, that there, there's a whole, probably two generations alive that have never seen a rotary phone. Yeah. Um, and I grew up with a rotary phone and I'm not yeah. that old, but you know, yeah. it's just the reality of it. But I, I do agree with you. I, and I will say from the financial perspective, you know, from the finance, you know, wealth management side, I really love Gen Z because they are probably the coolest, most switched on people that I've ever met. Um, they, it's interesting that they value interaction with an advisor much more than, more than I would say the middle two generations in between there. I could see Um, that. 
they really, yes, they, I mean, you would think, okay, they've got everything online, they can do everything, but they unbelievably value a relationship with somebody that can help guide them along the path. hundred um, percent. I, I is, feel which the is exact really cool. same way. You know, yeah. which, which makes me have a lot of hope for the future. Um, yeah. Let, let me share this with you. I know we're close to time. I, yep. I went to a Coldplay concert uh, a few weeks ago. Best concert ever. <laughs> but I really loved what Chris Martin, their lead singer, did. And one of the songs, he said, hey, I want you guys to experience something really cool. <laughs> um, do this with me. I want everybody in this arena, tens of thousands of people, to take your cell phone and put it in your pocket. And just for this one song, will you do me one favor? Everybody... Let's be present together without the cell phone. Mm -hmm. It was the most amazing experience, that song. And then when it was over with, he's like, all right, cool. You know, we moved on. What I love about that is not so much that he asked everybody to put their phones away. What I loved is the way he did it. And I think there's a big lesson there for, you know, those of us who really value human experience. Instead of mm -hmm. saying like, don't you guys want to experience something cool and awesome? Put your phones away just for this yeah. one song. He invited them to something better. Yep. And I think that's a really cool psychological way for us to approach it is like, don't be like, oh man, put your phone up. Don't you want to experience this? Instead being like, ooh, guess what? I want you to experience something just that's try this wild. Yeah, wild. Let's go, on this, yeah. let's go on this fishing boat for yeah. one hour and put your yeah. phone up and you won't believe the experience you're about to have and kind of frame it in a way of we're adding something as opposed to we're taking something away. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. I, and I'll, I'll, we'll move on here in a second, but I, <laughs> I will say that that kind of a presence thing. So I, I made a major shift in my business model um, about a month and a half ago. And mm -hmm. I it just coincided with me having a trip out to California for a, for a conference. And I knew not a soul at this conference, very introverted to begin with. So I was like, Ooh, I don't have to get to know anybody. This is awesome. I'm out in this really beautiful place. And I spent an entire week. Uh, the first thing they gave us when we got there was a, a bucket list journal. And it's mm. Ben Nemeton um, mm. that wrote this thing. And I was like, you know what? While I'm here, why not? I'm just going to do this. And I spent an entire four days away from my business, away from everything. My wife didn't come with me. I literally locked myself in my room most of the time. That's cool. And all I did was focus on that. I, I was cool. in the moment. That's so cool. Four days. And I walked away from that with an entire process for dealing with clients, mm. the answer to the final piece of the puzzle for my business and mm -hmm. for the book that I was writing. Um, everything, it was just, it came together, but it was, I, I don't even think I looked at my phone the whole time I was there. I mean, I, I, love that. I just literally focused on that and sat in a, in a room with no music, no anything you know, door open and enjoying the outside yeah. sounds, but that was it. And I, you know, we, we need to figure out ways to do that. You know, I think you figure out ways to take two or three days, not just a day, but take two or three days and just be in the moment. Um, and you move just an amazing, you can move amazing things. Preach. That's good. <laughs> Preach. All right. So now we're going to go into the fast five questions. Let's okay. Go. And she hasn't been prepped on this one. So she's going to, you're going to see amazing things happen here. All right. So first one, you wake up in the morning, you have, you wake up, business is totally gone. 
You have all the knowledge in your head, laptop, computer, 500 bucks in your pocket, place to live. What are you going to do first? I am going to, do I have a car with gas in it? You have a car with gas. We'll give okay. you that. I'm going to start going to local businesses and okay. bring my camera with me. And I'm going to start asking to take free photographs of either headshots of them or of their products. And I'm going to do as many free shoots as I can in about a week. I'm going to mm -hmm. stay up and I'm going to edit them and I'm going to post them on Instagram. I'm going to tag those people, tag the location, use the right hashtags and start doing a bunch of videos and promo stuff about the importance of having good photography for your business. And from there, I'm going to start doing some outreach and I'm going to price my normal pricing very, very low mm -hmm. and see if I can get my first few paid gigs and then start slowly raising my prices until I have some more money and I'd probably buy some lunch too. I love this. I love this. And you didn't even spend your 500 bucks in that case. I bought a good lunch. There you go. A really nice lunch. And maybe a, <laughs> maybe a little drink after work. A little drink, couple. <laughs> What's the biggest business mistake you ever made? Oh my God. <laughs> Biggest business mistake is assuming that putting out more, and it's funny because I just said I'd be putting out content, but putting out more content would lead more people to my business. Yeah. Um, I'm a, again, big proponent of content creation, but it has to be very, very intentional and likes and followers does not equal conversion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Turning them into somebody that actually pays you money. Exactly. What's a good book that you would recommend for our audience? I love the four agreements. That's a really good okay. book. Um, the war of art, Stephen mm -hmm. Pressfield, and then anything by Seth Godin is my absolute yep. favorite. I love him. I, I'm right there with you. I, I read Seth's blog every day. Good. Without fail. Yeah. I mean that, and it's, it's usually about 400 words. So you, if you can't read his blog, get over your life. hundred <laughs> percent. Um, what's a good tool that you use in your business every day? I always use an example, like Evernote's my life. So. Yeah, I would say some kind of project management system like ClickUp okay. or Asana, especially if you struggle with kind of the discipline side of things, mm -hmm. it's really good to sit down for a day or two and put out everything into a process and then something that you can just click through every single day. And I would add to that, make sure, you know, at least <coughs> every few weeks you're returning back to your process and assessing uh, mm -hmm. what can be eliminated. Because yep. uh, a lot of times I put too many things on that ClickUp thing that's not actually mattering because <laughs> mm -hmm. it feels good to be busy. So yeah. ClickUp. And if you're, if you're a check things off of a list person, it just makes you feel better when you check things off. Oh, so. doesn't it? It's awesome. Yeah. But I like that going back. I, I do that about once every six months, but I think I, I'm with you. Maybe it's, maybe it needs to be a little sooner and see what can be eliminated. Yeah. So if somebody wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way to, to reach out to you or to, to, you know, engage with your, your content? Sure. So uh, I would say Instagram at Tether Parody, P-A-R-A-D-Y. You can find everything right there. Awesome. Well, Heather, it was just an absolute joy to talk with you today. This is I fun. Loved, thank you, Jeff. I loved your spirit. And, uh, Appreciate and, it. and really, thank you for sharing a lot about the, the web and, and some of that, because I, 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 I'm, I'm, I have a lot of hope that, uh, that the world is moving that way. And it sounds like you're on the forefront of it. It's wild. I appreciate being here, Jeff. It was fun. All right, my friend. Well, have a great day. And folks, um, 
you'll be able to get all this information in the show notes. Um, we'll have all of Heather's contact information and all the stuff that she mentioned in there. Please make sure that you subscribe to the channel wherever you're listening to it. And one of the cool things that's happening here in the next couple of weeks is we are launching our YouTube channel. Uh, so we're going to take these wonderful, beautiful interviews that we're doing and uh, Heather's beautiful smile, and we'll uh, put those out onto our YouTube channel. So make sure that after we tell you it's ready, get out there and jump onto that channel and enjoy some of these interviews in person. And just so you know, the Freedom Day book is coming out here in about 15 days. So uh, look forward to uh, sharing that with y'all, uh, sharing some of the, uh, all the things that we've been working on over the last year, year and a half on Freedom Day, and it's all culminating with the book coming out. So look forward to sharing that with you. And Heather, thank you very much for being here. It was a joy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Freedom Nation podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and all the major channels. Wherever you're listening, please subscribe to the channel and leave a rating and review. If you have friends and family that could benefit from their own Freedom Day, please share with them. Finally, join Freedom Nation by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.